Welcome to Community Concepts on localjobnetwork.com radio, where we discuss connection of jobs and the community. I'm your host, Azure Mahara, and today we're talking about building better futures, and our in-studio guests are Rod Richardson and Kay Krensky from UMOS. Welcome. So I brought you both in today to discuss better futures, because that's what you guys do every day, is you build better futures for people in the community. So why don't we start a little bit by you telling me what is UMOS? Okay, first of all, thank you um, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And UMOS. UMOS stands for United Migrant Opportunity Services. But as you can hear, that's a mouthful. So (laughs) we just refer to ourselves as UMOS. Um, UMOS was was established in 1965. And uh, at that time, we were a single-focused, single-state nonprofit advocacy organization. Since then, UMOS has grown to be a national organization with operations not only throughout the state of Wisconsin, but also in Minnesota, Texas, and Missouri. What state did you start in? We started in Wisconsin. We we started in, uh, the first office was located in Waukesha. Okay. And now I think we have operations in, I believe, 11 or 12 cities. And again, as I stated, when we first started out, we had one program that was workforce related. But uh, since then, we have grown from one office and one program to offices in several states, and we have 50-plus programs. And those 50-plus programs are divided into four major divisions. Workforce development, the reason that we are here today. Right. Adult education, child development, and social services. And if I can just keep going, uh, the social services division uh, has several components. Uh, One is health promotions. Uh, One is the domestic violence supportive services. Uh, One is immigration legal services. Uh, Another um, is housing. Housing is, is another. So in 25 words or less, that uh, that's a snapshot <laughs> of what UMOS is all about. And Roddy sound uh, very, very versed in that. Um, what, what do you do there? I am, my title is special assistant to the president, which means that I have my fingers in everyone's <laughs> operation. So okay. I do a variety of things. And again, I work very, very closely with Kay. And that's, you know, she's, she is the manager or the director of our largest program division, again, which is workforce development. So you work in the workforce development? Development, okay? Yes, I do. All right. All right. So what is the first thing that you guys do when somebody comes into your organization um, that if they want help with job placement? So what, what do you recommend that they do first? Is there any steps that they have to take? Well, when somebody comes in our doors, we do a number of things. First, we want to sort of assess and evaluate why they're there mm-hmm. and look at their circumstances. And we refer to that as an informal assessment. We're going to either direct them to um, job placement services or job search assistance, which we can do at our job center in the resource room, which is staffed by job service. Or if someone has more immediate needs or some uh, other issues going on in the family, then we will look to see if they're eligible for any of our programs, which are all workforce development-oriented uh, programs, and okay. we provide a number of services then. And uh, if, uh, if, if I might add, um, uh, about 97 to 98 percent of our funding comes from the federal government. Sometimes some of the funding comes directly from the feds to UMOS uh, directly, and then there are times when it comes from the feds to the state to UMOS. And most of our workforce 
funding comes directly from the state. Now, uh, I want to add to say that even though most of the uh, most of the participants coming into our program are served through one of the funding sources that we have. But anyone from the community can access the services at the job center. So we consider ourselves a one-stop job center, not only for those who are program participants, but, but for anyone in the community who is looking for a job or who wants to look for a better job. Okay. And kind of hitting on the, the funding issue. So if somebody came in, would they have to also addish, have any additional funding or does it cost them anything to get help from any of your services? All, all of the services provided through a job center is free of charge to those who want to access it. Okay. And then what if somebody wanted to donate? Who should they contact? Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking now. Again, most of our funding comes from uh, again when we're talking workforce development comes from several agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, our main funding for workforce development programs comes from the Department of Children and Families, and also from the Department of Workforce Development. But if a corporation or or a foundation, or even a private citizen wants to make a contribution or a donation, they are certainly welcome to <laughs> to do that and just call UMOS at uh, 414-389-6000, and we will direct them to the appropriate person. All right. So getting back on to um, the individuals that you help in the community, what are some of the reasons that people that you see that are kind of some of the root reasons people will come into your organization for help? Uh, it could be that they were just laid off and or their unemployment has run out. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that uh, they just don't have a good work history, um, either because they're really young and they started a family early and they just haven't uh, had a chance to f- pick their career path right. and get the experience they need or the training they need. A lot of folks don't have a GED or high school diploma. Uh, we have limited English-speaking folks that come through our doors. And then sometimes they just have other issues going on. Uh, they could have domestic violence issues. They could be caring for a disabled family member, and they're needed in the home, and they right. can't work. Um, so it can be any number of circumstances. And because people who come through our doors have a number of things that they are dealing with, uh, we have supportive services to help them deal with that. So so if they are trying to, trying to look for a job, but if, if there's an issue with domestic violence in their home, we have our You Must Latina Resource Center, which specializes in domestic violence. If they are health issues, we can help them with that. If they're helping a family member who is disabled, we have the SSI program. So so we like to think of ourselves of taking a holistic uh, approach when someone walks through our doors in that even though they may be coming in to look for a job, if there are other things going on in their life or what we call if, if there are barriers going on, for example, if someone is looking for a job but they're worried about putting food on their table for their family, or if they're worried about paying their rent the next day, right. it's a little hard to focus on the job if you got something that is more immediate. So sometimes we can help them directly, or sometimes uh, we will refer them somewhere else. But again, we want to take a a holistic approach to find out what's going on in in your life, 
that that uh, that if there are barriers, we can help remove those barriers so that so that you can focus on getting that job. And then once you get the job, we want to make sure that if there are any other barriers that might prevent you from keeping that job, we want to make sure that we know what those are and let's remove those. And we'll work with the employer to make sure that someone who we places with them are doing well or if there are problems uh, that occur, we want to find out what those problems are early so that we can work with that employer and also with that participant to remove whatever that is so that person can get on the pathway to a stable work situation. So yeah, you guys pretty much, I mean, you're not just, you don't just do job placement and job assistance. I mean, you cover everything. You help Correct. them in any way that you can, it right. sounds like. And our success is based on the success of those we serve. So you had said non-English speaking um, community members. What programs do you have for somebody that doesn't speak English? Well, we have uh, quite a few bilingual staff. All our programs have staff who speak Spanish. Uh, We also have some Hmong-speaking staff members. Then we also work with other community organizations and even Milwaukee Area Technical College, and they come into our job center and offer um, English as a second language classes. They do it during the day, and they also do it during the evening. Our instructors in our education unit are um, mostly bilingual, and they do one-on-one instruction. We're also a GED testing center, and we do Spanish GED as well. So oh, that's, that's a really nice benefit for the community. And since being able to speak English well and having at least a basic adult education, that's all job-related because right. you, you have to have those in mm-hmm. order to find employment. So, again, right. that, that is another way that we take a holistic approach is when someone comes to our doors. So it's very personalized, the, the system yes. that you guys have. And mm-hmm. I want to say that last year we graduated 240 GED students, which was the highest in the history of UMOS. And you guys said that you help, um, or you had said that a lot of participants that come in um, don't have high school diplomas. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you offer GED programs. Do you guys also offer, I know there's a difference between the high school degree and then the GED. What's the difference and do you offer both? Well, we uh, are a testing center for both the GED and also the high school equivalency diploma, the okay. HSED. The HSED is not as widely recognized as the GED. In fact, uh, my uh, education manager informed me that Wisconsin's the only state that has the HSED. So in terms of actually having graduated high school and have a high school diploma versus a GED, we did a quick survey with our employers and and about 25 of them we asked that very question. Only one said it made a difference. And the reason they said it made a difference is they felt that someone with a high school diploma had better work habits and stayed longer on the job. But other than that, the rest of the employers we spoke with didn't really feel like that was a significant enough difference to, to, to matter to them in terms of hiring. Okay. So that is why getting your GED is an accomplishment. Right, absolutely. But we want to encourage those who have their, who obtain a GED that this is not their final step in their education pursuits, but this is the next step in their education pursuits because as we all are aware, education is a major component in being able to get the type of job that, that you're seeking. Yeah, and I know that it can be really intimidating. It can be very intimidating to be out of high school and, like you said, say you had a family to take care of, and then to go back now and try to find your, you know, get your GED. 
you know, that's just, that, like I said, it's very intimidating. So what do you do to help solve that or draw people in? Um, does somebody have to come in with their own kind of... Um, when we first started working with the Wisconsin Works Program, we were dealing with a clientele who had a spotty work history mm-hmm. and maybe ed- education was lacking. And so we said, well, we have this new funding to provide this program to help you find a job. But in order for this to be successful, you, you, Mr. and Mrs. Participant, have to take charge of your own life. Mm-hmm. You have to make the decision that you want something better for you and your family. Once you make that decision and, and want to take charge of your own life, then you most can support you in whatever you would like to uh, uh, do. So that's how we handle that in that we work with everyone to make sure that they are in the frame of mind that they have made the decision that I'm going to take charge of my life. I'm not going to use any more excuses, but I'm going to take charge of my own life. And getting my GED is one way of taking charge of your own life. So you don't take somebody, I mean, you wouldn't go out onto the sidewalk and say, hey, do you need a GED? Come on and we'll help you. You wait till somebody's self-motivated. You wait till somebody has that, you know, little kick in the butt to get in there on their own time. Right. Right. And those job counselors on, on staff are also job coaches where they provide not only the tools but also the encouragement. Mm -hmm. And if I could add something about the GED, that um, the format of the GED is changing beginning in uh, January of 2014. Currently there are five tests that a person needs to pass in order to achieve their GED. That's changing to four. Also what's changing is it's going to be computer-based. So if folks right now in the community have taken one, two, three, or four of the tests, it's probably really a good idea to get that last test or couple of tests done before 2014. Otherwise, they won't be recognized and they will have to start over. And the computer-based system is going to require that someone is proficient using a mouse and a keyboard. It's still going to be timed. So it's real important that if people are, are on their way right now, and, and we serve people from uh, 18 all the way up. You right. know, we, we serve folks from all different countries. It's really a personalized service that we provide with our education folks. So um, come on in and find out about it. And doesn't it change every couple of years? Is that right? I believe it probably does. Like they, um, you know, have to change it. Right. You know, to keep just up with, the- with technology <laughs> right. and, and what is needed. The math is what people tend to not take and not pass right away. So that's a particular area that, that we can help with as well. We have a math lab. It's, it's uh, staffed um, half time and uh, really to help people move to that level where they feel confident and they can finish that test. That's often the last test they need. Yeah, and usually math. Math is a, it's, it's not an uncommon one to right. <laughs> have difficulties with. So don't yep. feel discouraged if you're not a math genius. Right. A lot of us aren't. And also since uh, having computer skills is a basic requirement now. So we have computers within our job center so that all of our job seekers and so forth have access to a computer. So even if you don't have one at home, you can work on one when you come into UMOS. And since now more and more employers are asking for job applications to be filled out and submitted online, we have computers so that our job seekers can do that. And if they don't have their own email account, 
we will give everyone their own email accounts so that they can have a way to communicate with potential employers. Okay, so let's say somebody has their high school diploma or their GED um, or earned it with the help of, of UMOS, um, and then they want to continue their education. They want to go to college. Um, what Do you have any programs that help, let's say they can't afford it or maybe they don't have exactly all the criteria to, to get into the college that they want to go to. Do you guys have anything to help them in that? Um, a, a couple of things. First of all, we can help more so with a short-term training program where someone can get a credential or a certification. good example is the certified nursing assistant. Mm-hmm. Our programs will help fund those kinds of training programs. As far as actual college, we don't fund those. And sometimes, depending on which program a person's eligible for, the requirements don't allow them to be able to take advantage of getting a four-year degree mm-hmm. uh, because they have some work requirements they have to do in addition. They can certainly go to school on their own and in the evening, right. and that's fine. And they can apply for financial aid. You know, we have schools come in once a year when we have our GED graduation ceremony, and they come in and they're like a resource fair, and they can help students if they want to move on to the next level. And one other thing that we have is a GED bridge program that is funded through a couple of foundations, United Way and Northwestern Mutual Foundation. And that provides one-on-one counseling to talk with someone about, okay, you've accomplished this. Great job. What are you going to do next, and how can we help you move to the next level in terms of your education? Right. So, again, that program works well with our philosophy in that we want to encourage those who have the GED that this is not your final step in your education pursuits, but this is your next step. And a lot of the universities, and I think almost all of them, have advisors, career centers, um, things like that. Like They have people that are there to help you fill out your financial aid or right. register for classes and stuff like that. And so. we work really closely with Milwaukee Area Technical College with okay. their pre-college program. And that's just a great avenue to move right into something, whether it's a two-year degree, which are you know, very valuable, uh, or a short-term training, mm-hmm. or even just as a precursor to move on to get your bachelor's. And okay, so we're gonna jump back a little bit. I'm trying to hit on different different people that you guys help um, in different scenarios. So let's say you said you know somebody has a bad work history. Um, what do you consider a bad work history? Because some people might not even know if they have one. <laughs> you know, uh, a bad work history is either none at all, <laughs> or it's where you've been. Uh, terminated from your position quite a bit or have a lot of job quits or it's very spotty you have a lot of gaps in between your positions any one of those things could be considered a bad work history so if they're eligible for one of our programs and we have several then we can either put them in a work experience situation where they can gain that experience and put on their resume but what we also have right now and it's targeted mainly to what we call non-custodial parents, is a transitional jobs program. And that program will actually allow someone to work at a for-profit company, and then we will pay their wage for a period of time. And then after that is done, they got that history of working. Um, If they're a good employee, sometimes the employer will hire them on outright, or we help them move into another job with a different employer. And for those who may have been out of the workplace for uh, a uh, few years, we will work with them to explain to them or to show them what are employer expectations. And sometimes it might seem simple, but showing up for work every day is an expectation of your employer. 
or if you have a family member that is sick or if you're sick or if you're not going to be make it, you can't come in that day or you're going to be late, you need to call in. So some of the things that we take for granted sometimes have to be the minds of some job seekers that need to be refreshed so that they are meeting the expectations of the employer. You help somebody that wouldn't have uh, a great work history. You come in and then just to kind of recap, and then you help them develop that time and have that job for a long time. And then in the same time, you're teaching them skills of how to keep this job and, and maintain it, correct? Correct. And also to get that job, if they need help in creating a resume or updating their resume, we can help them do that. And since the resume leads to a job or to an interview, then we also have people on staff who help you through the interviewing process as far as what to expect when you go into an interview. So we try to provide as much services as we can to prepare someone to enter the workplace. You guys sound like an organization that's too good to be true. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on. So um, what if somebody is out of the workforce because of a physical or a mental disability or something that has caused them to be out of the workforce? Do you do anything for somebody that would be physically disabled or mentally disabled? Do you have any programs for that? We do. If it's uh, someone who's a custodial parent, they would be eligible for uh, the W-2 program, Wisconsin Works. And uh, we have a contract that provides Social Security disability or SSI advocacy. So if someone has a long-term disabling condition that's preventing them from working, we can help advocate for them to get to that other funding source. Okay. That's probably the biggest program that we have. But then a lot of people have real short-term situations Mm -hmm. where it's temporary. And for those, we will refer out to other organizations that have the expertise to do the counseling the therapy. We do a lot of assessments of folks to find out what their barriers are if it's mental health. We really work with people where they're at, and then we try to move them forward. So, but we don't work alone. We are maybe too good to be true, but we do that with the help of a lot of partners. So you you work with partners throughout the community. For example, um, in Milwaukee, we have Independence First. Do you guys work with them, or do you work with organizations that are more state workforce agencies and things like that? All of the above. Okay. You know, uh, we have connections with the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation. They're actually housed in our facility. Right. Independence First is, is a place that we make referrals to. And then there's any number of other organizations. Right. I mean, that was just one. <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, we refer to Journey House. They do a lot of uh, training. Mm -hmm. The Wiser Choice Program, although funding is always limited with that, but that's one that helps with alcohol and drug abuse issues. And we also have some clientele who are coming out of the Department of Corrections. If you have been incarcerated, at some some point in time when you are released, you will need to find a job also. And that's where our fatherhood program comes into play in that because we want fathers to be reconnected with their children. And one way to be reconnected with your children is to find employment so that you are then able to pay child support so that you can remain in your child's life. You guys have a ton of different programs. On average, and I know there's a lot of them, how long do these programs take? We have some that you can be in the program as long as you're engaged and participating. 
Okay. okay? The Food Share Employment and Training Program. If you're receiving food stamp, what used to be called food stamps, um, you can volunteer for that, and you can receive that assistance ongoing. Uh, we have other programs that are 16 weeks. The Children First program is, is a non-custodial parent. Uh, those individuals are court-ordered into the program, and it's okay. a six-week period of time where they're supposed to gain employment and then start paying their child support orders. And then we have W-2, which is a time-limited program. There's a federal time limit of 60 months, five years, and there's also some time limits within the program depending on what employment position you're placed in. So then those are 24 months. Okay. Our overall goal is to help everyone become self-sufficient. So again, as Kay said, sometimes the program time length is tied to funding. But then there are some programs like our HIV testing and case management program, yes, that is still tied to funding, but the case management aspect could go on for several years because we want to make sure that that person is getting the support that they need so that they can be self, self-sufficient mm-hmm. within their own life. And when somebody comes into UMOS and let's say you help them find a job, they get their GED and then you put them in a job placement, fix any you know bad work history, they get a job and six months down the road, they lost it. Can they come back? I mean, how many times can they come back? Is there a cutoff point? You know, do you continue to help them throughout their career? How does that work? They can come back as many times as they need to. And what we will look at, you know, we'll assess the individual. And even if they've exhausted the time limit in a particular program, we're going to look at the next program and Mm -hmm. see if that's something that we can help them with. And if that doesn't work, we'll look at the next program. So, because we have so much going on, we, we have the luxury of being able to do that. But I'd like to add, though, that you know, one of our goals is to prevent that revolving right, right, door. Correct. Once we place someone in a position, we want to stick with them for at least right. three months or so. And during that period, we not only stick with them, but we're also with that employer. So if there are any things that are, any problems that are about to creep up, we want to try to alleviate them before they become a serious problem so that we can prevent that revolving door. And just to add, if someone does lose their job, it's so important to try to rapidly attach them to another one right away. Mm-hmm. Okay, And we have job fairs that happen regularly. We have smaller job fairs that happen every two weeks. Three times a year, we have large career fairs. So we're always advertising that. We have on-site employer recruitment. Sometimes company will call us and say, we want to interview a bunch of folks. Give us an interview room. They'll do it on-site. And people get hired right away. So if a company wants to join your career fair, what's required of them? How do they contact you? Does it cost money? They can call and ask to speak with our employment services uh, supervisor, Hector Lerma. The number at UMOS is 414-389-6000. Okay. What about, is that the same number if they want to do any of the other locations too, yes. not yeah. just Milwaukee? Yes, that is the main number. So if, if you call that number again, 389-6000, once we get your information, then we can direct you to to the person who is okay. best able, uh, able to help. And they can certainly go to our website right. and uh, contact us at that way. Now, I want to also add that as we try to find employers, we also keep an eye out for which industries, even though our economy may not be the best, there still are some industries like the healthcare industry that is still hiring 
folks. And so we look for those employment opportunities with within those industries that are still in a hiring mode. Is there any requirements for somebody in the community that would want to come in? Is there anything besides being self-motivated? Is you know, Do you have any requirements for the individuals? Well, each program has its own set of eligibility criteria and, okay. and requirements, if you want to call them that. And then within the program, depending on what it is, whether it's a voluntary program or not, well, they're all voluntary right. when you first walk in the door. But once you get into the program, in order to continue to get like a paid benefit, then someone will have to do some activities. And if they don't do the activities, then their paid benefit can be reduced substantially. So there are requirements within each program themselves. Okay. But the requirement is, boy, again, that take charge attitude yep. because you right. have to be engaged in some activity that's going to lead to employment. Right. The days of of the old welfare checks, those days are gone. Right. <laughs> there still is some compensation, but you have to be engaged in some type of a work activity that's going to lead to self-sufficiency, which means your own self-paying job. Well, we're just about out of time, um, but I did want to ask you guys if somebody in the community wanted to get in touch with you. Um, you gave off the phone number. There's the website, and um, otherwise can they just... Stop in. They can stop in at 2701 South Chase Avenue, right here in uh, Milwaukee. Uh, we are located within the UMO Center. If you are in need of services, our doors are always open. And do you want to give the phone number and the web address off? The phone number is 414-389-6000. Our website address is www.umos.org. And that's U-M-O-S. U-M-O-S. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for coming in today. The best of luck to UMOS. I applaud you guys are doing such a great thing for our community. I hope you continue to get the funding to progress and, and help everyone in our community get jobs. Listeners, if you have any ideas for future topics on community concepts, please email me at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. I'm Azure Mahara with localjobnetwork.com radio, and thanks for listening.